Hey ladies and gents and welcome back to the Control Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. It is episode 22. How's it going guys? As always I'm joined by Jordan. How's it going Jordan? Yo what up what up? And Dom. How's it going Dom? Hello, Governor. Got myself a Vita. I did. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this was supposed to be the first episode with all three of us having a video feed. If you're watching this on YouTube, shocker. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't have it. Uh, some complications <laughs> happen with the webcam. Hopefully, everything will be cleared up by next week, and you'll be able to see my lovely face alongside these two guys um, for the video portion. Um, so, yeah, episode 22, getting into what we played. Another week of me not really playing much. I didn't I didn't really get around to playing anything at all, really. Um Outside of, like, just a match here or two of Smite, a match here or two of uh, Overwatch, but I didn't really sink my teeth in anything this week. Um, yeah, it's just been a couple of weeks where I haven't really felt like playing anything, you know? Um, so been watching stuff? Reading stuff? I've been watching YouTube and stuff, but, like, I, I just, video games haven't really been my outlet for entertainment this week, it seems like. Yeah. Um, which happens sometimes. Um, I'll probably get out of the funk next week, but, uh, yeah, what about you guys? There wasn't really much I had going on this week as far as what I was playing or watching or anything. For me, uh, it was really just Hyperlight Drifter um, that came out on Tuesday and uh, beat that in three sittings, I guess. Um, but that is going to be my topic, so I won't really spoil what I thought of the game or anything like that. And then, um, other than that, that's about it, man. I've been reading, uh, finished up uh, Goblet of Fire. I said I was reading that last week. And, uh,. Almost finished with Star Wars Dark Disciple, which is freaking awesome, dude. That's Loving awesome. That is that, so, I'm unfamiliar, is that a, a reprint of, like, EU stuff, or is that, like, just a new book? So, this might have been the first new canon book. Basically, what it was is when Disney uh, took everything over, they kept Clone Wars, and then the movies were basically the only things that, that stayed. Yeah, okay. And so, they canceled Clone Wars to move that team over to Star Wars Rebels. And so we got um, we got Son of Dothamir, which is about Darth Maul, and that's a Dark Horse comic miniseries. And then we got Star Wars Dark Disciple, which is a novel based on unfinished scripts uh, from the Clone Wars as well. So there was two little things that uh, were used. They, they used the story from unproduced episodes, which is pretty cool, even though it sucks that the show got canceled. So this isn't the the books that like some of them were like controversial that some people didn't like, right? This isn't those set of books. This is like a different thing. No, this one this is probably I would say the highest rated of the new canon. Okay. It's about uh, Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Vos, um, and they're trying to go assassinate Count Dooku. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah. That's the I think Dooku is the only character I recognize out of all three of those, but it sounds cool. Duke. Um, what about you, Dom? What are you playing, watching, seeing? So, I was wrapping up Skyward Sword, and just before uh, that final boss, the Wii died. It Ooh, died? Like, died it for for good? Literally froze up, gave me an error message, a discrete error, yada yada, thinking like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Try resetting the system a couple of times, cleaning the disk off, every last thing, same thing. Tried some other discs and the same result. So you got a bunk ass Wii, bro. How does an underpowered yeah. piece of hardware overheat? <laughs> well, I did buy it used, and that so I wasn't. Yeah, true. You know, I was wasn't overly surprised or upset, but I was able to return it still because they wow. get a, since it's used, they give you two months uh, as long as there's a if there's a problem with it, you can return. 
What a deal. That's awesome. Yeah, so, and I was just, I was like, just under two months too, so I was really lucky. But Ooh. since I didn't finish the game though, I, and they didn't have another one, so they couldn't replace it. Of Ouch. course. Um, so because of that, I actually just, I just watched a YouTube video of the final boss fight because I just had to see it. <laughs> that's fine. I think that's perfectly I, well, fine considering yeah, circumstances. I, mean, I had to close the thread there. I had, couldn't just leave it. Yeah, sure. So they you want to buy a whole new Wii and go through the hassle of everything because that's really the only game I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, so did you just get your money back from them or what? Yep. Okay. So I got my money back for the console itself and then for everything else since it was still technically functioning. I just traded it into them since I obviously didn't. There's no need for it. Yeah. 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 So I got some store credit at the used game shop that I don't know what the, what the heck to do with. Um, so yeah, so that's how that went. My little Wii experiment. Uh, otherwise, you got a Vita. Uh, yeah, playing a little Vita. <laughs> little bit of uh, Shovel Knight, which I picked up because I actually got a uh, finally redeemed my speed of rewards points for a PlayStation. <laughs> After like five years, I had enough points for a ten dollar PlayStation card. So, grab <laughs> what a deal with that. Um, yeah, right. Five long I, years. I, I totally didn't even consider. I had already uh, grabbed uh, Grim Fandango, and Velocity Two X, um, on PS4, and they're cross buy games. So I actually was able to download them right to the Vita. Awesome. Oh That's God, cool. Which is cool. So, uh, yeah, Shovel Knight is, damn. It, I. <laughs> I can. It's a, so it's so much fun, and I totally respect what it is, and you know the the kind of games it's it's looking back on. But it is hard. It is. You think it's hard? Wow. It's quite. I mean, the gameplay, everything about it is hard, except there's not much punishment for dying. Yeah. That if you know that's kind of the forgiving point of it, uh-huh. uh, where you can just and there's a checkpoint right before every boss. Well, you lose gold. Cool. You lose you lose half your gold. Right, but. At, I don't know. I don't think it's. I think they could have done a harsher punishment, but I mean, I'm glad they didn't. But yeah, yeah. But the gameplay itself is not too bad at first, but it gets hard very quickly. And I, like, I don't think I've beaten any of the bosses on the first try. Like, usually the first try, like they just destroy me, and then once you learn their, you know, a few tries later, you learn their patterns, and you can usually handle them. But um, yeah, fun game. So, this is really the first indie game. I think I've ever played. I mean, like, I guess what? Dawn Home is an indie game. Wow. <laughs> Damn. That is insane not, to me. Unless there's something I'm not thinking of. But... What rock have you been under, Dom? This is the PC yeah, guy, know. too, where, like, indie games thrive, if yeah. anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have no indie games on PC. That, that yeah. is insane to me. That's Damn, crazy. Um, so, so, do you think when you're done you want to do a review discussion between us three? Because I absolutely adore Shovel Knight. Wait a second. Dark Souls is an independent video game. Well, right. it is. What is that? It is. I guess They're technically, but may, I don't know. Maybe think of like a smaller scale indie game. I th- I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I get semantics. what you're saying. I'm just saying, like <laughs> technically, From Software is an independent studio, just like Insomniac's an independent studio. Yeah, I think he's thinking of uh, like little i indie, but they use sure. publishers though. Well, yeah, but indie developers right. use publishers, too. Like, they'll partner okay. up. Like, Hello Games is an independent developer, but they're partnering with Sony for No Man's Sky. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, little as long as, as long as they're not owned by a publisher, then they're independent. The more you know. Same thing with, like, it's the same way with music. You know, there's, like, indie bands that have 
hundreds of thousands of people at their concerts. It doesn't make any sense. But, <laughs> An yeah. indie band with a million followers on Twitter. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that it? Just Shovel Knight? So I didn't want to catch yeah. up there. Okay. That's, that's what I've been playing, yep. That's awesome. I'm glad you're finally playing Shovel Knight. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I I'm love glad that you're so finally much. diving into the thriving indie scene, get dumb. I know. That, that's awesome. why I wanted the Vita. I mean, it's a it's a great excuse to play a lot because there's not much else on the Vita. Yeah. Did I, sorry, I have, a, I have a question for you. Maybe one of you know. It, Limbo always stayed exclusive, right? It never came to PlayStation. Oh no, it's on everything. It is. Is it on? Is it on Vita? It is. Have you ever played Limbo, Dom? No. You should try I it. You, I think it's I think it's, it's free even... on Xbox Live. I don't know if it's free on PlayStation right now. You should check into it's it. It's not. It's not. No. Um, Pretty sure that's even on iOS. Yeah, it's on a lot yeah. of stuff. Uh, I, I didn't know if it was, if it ever came to PlayStation platforms. So um, I actually don't know if that's great for the Vita though, just because I think like sitting in front of a TV, maybe with the lights turned off and some surround sound or headphones, I think that would be more the way to go. Yeah, but Dom said in the past though is for those kind of experiences, he just wants it on handheld. He doesn't like playing those on a TV. Like, I mean, that's just a a mental thing I yeah. got going on. I just feel like. I have this powerful console. I want you know to totally max it out, and if I'm able to, you know, play a, a less demanding game on a handheld because handhelds are simply better um, and more accessible and easier to play. Yeah. But obviously the games, you know, are less. Because like, which is where me, I'd rather play those games on a handheld. Yeah, because I personally own Shovel Knight on 3DS and and on my Xbox One, and I love playing it on my Xbox One. Turning up that soundtrack, just going through that yeah. game, like I love it on the big screen. But teach their own. Um, let's hop into the news stories here. Uh, the first news story comes by way of Chris Pereira uh, over at GameSpot. And uh, No Man's Sky on PS4 doesn't require PlayStation Plus. No Man's Sky does have multiplayer support, sort of. Uh, no Man's Sky can technically be played online, but it won't require a PlayStation Plus subscription on PS4 in order to do so. Sony confirmed this with Game Informer. Uh, PS Plus won't be a, requir- a requirement to play online. However, you will need to be connected to the internet for your discoveries to register with the Universal mm-hmm. Atlas. Um, I don't think this is any surprise. I don't think this is a surprise to you guys either. Uh, this game barely has multiplayer as it is, so it's not shocking that you would not need PlayStation Plus, right? right. Um, this didn't come as a huge surprise to me. It doesn't really even seem like news, but um, I guess anything revolving around No Man's Sky, you know, you want to talk about and get those news headlines up there. So, um, yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I uh, totally agree with that, though. I, I was just going to say that it would almost be a bad decision for them to require PlayStation Plus because of the fact that the multiplayer aspects are so light. Yeah. And you do want to have as many people as you can, you know, going around discovering planets and doing all that stuff. So I think it's so a that, smart choice. It reminds me a lot of Dark Souls where, you know, the multiplayer is it's really cool, but it's not vital and it's so small yeah. that it's not really worth having a subscription just to do that little thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. But even then, I think Dark Souls, as minute of the multiplayer as it has, I think it's still way more substantial than this. I think this is like, you'll see somebody rant. The, the thing is so expansive that the chance of you seeing somebody A to begin with, and then B, like it'll probably be like a, a weird like hologram thing, kind of like Dark Souls, but I doubt you'll be even able to interact with anybody. So, so yeah. you'll be even more limited. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the next story here, this comes by way of Thomas Bayeri, I believe is the way you pronounce it, over at Polygon. 
Um, he writes, the new prey will not be like the old prey. Uh, prey will have no tie to the original, which this part doesn't really come as too much of a surprise, but I want to get into it for the, basically, inspiration for the game section. Um, so Prey's Meet not... the new prey! Yeah. It's not like the old <laughs> prey! Uh, prey is not a sequel. It's not a remake. <laughs> it has no tie with the original. Arcane Studios creative director Rafael Colantonio uh, stated in an interview recently released on Bethesda's YouTube page. You have to look at it like a reimagining of the IP, which most of us kind of already understood from the E3 trailer. Has nothing to do with owls or anything spiritual. Looks a lot more dark, a lot more horror tony, um, a lot more atmospheric. Uh, so the Prey property has had one key issue throughout its development: getting released. The first Prey was announced in 1995 and changed hands several times before it was finally released uh, by Human Head Studios in 2006. The planned sequel, Prey 2, was leaked in 2011, saw several delays, and was ultimately canceled in 2014. The upcoming game, simply called Prey, also leaked in 2013, will not use any assets from the canceled sequel. Isn't really a surprise. Um, this is the, the really cool part. In the spirit of the game's main inspiration, System Shock 2, Prey will be a first-person shooter with role-playing elements and an emphasis on narrative. Uh, the C, uh, the creative director also reconfirmed the main character, Morgan Yu, can be played as a woman or a man. Um, nice. Why are people not doing more of this? Yeah. Uh, this is the, the Mass Effect thing, which I think is pretty cool. Just choosing if you want a female or male, uh, and it doesn't really dictate the story that much, but it makes you more ingrained in the character and the story because you're playing as the same sex. You know, you're going through this if you're a girl playing through the game. Even if you're not a girl, but you want to play as a girl, screw it. Um, yeah. But the, the fact that this game's inspiration is System Shock 2, I think this is going to be... I think they're going for Bioshock. I think they want Prey to hit on all cylinders yep. like the first Bioshock did. Um, if you want any inspiration yeah. for a game, System Shock 2 is a hell of a game to be inspired by. Um, what do you guys think about uh, Prey's future now that we heard what it's... In, what, what it, it's imper- what its inspiration is. I can't talk. Well, so That description <laughs> sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, and that trailer... Was totally yeah. Bioshock esque. Totally makes oh, yeah. sense now, right? Yeah, I'm into it. I'm excited. Yeah, and I am too, man. Uh, so the cool thing with Bioshock is you felt like very claustrophobic at times in in the world of Rapture, and it seemed like I don't know if this is on a space station. It seems like that's where it's going to take place, but it seems like you're definitely going to get those same vibes, which I'm all for. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm super stoked about that. I'm super excited. Uh, Arcane knows how to handle games, obviously with Dishonored, so I have no. No cautious uh, thoughts about this game moving forward. Um, That's so interesting, though, what you were saying about the history of it. Like, I had no idea the original was debuted in 95. <laughs> that's insane. I had that's no idea crazy. either before I read this article. I was like, that's... This... Talk about turmoil. Uh, Last yeah. Guardian. Who Last, yeah, Last <laughs> Guardian type yeah. stuff. Um, People have been talking about Prey 2 for so long. I want to see those assets from that canceled version of Prey that, 2. These are the stories we want. These are the documentaries we want Netflix. Um, yep. <laughs> so coming by way of Patrick Klepik over at Kotaku, the guy that writes almost all their stories, it seems like, um, Life is Strange is getting adapted into a digital TV series. Uh, Square Enix announced this today as of writing the story. It's being handled by Legendary Digital Studios, the TV arm of the studio behind the Warcraft movie, Godzilla, and others. There's no word on when it'll come out, but given it's nowhere near production, be patient. Um, I just want to talk about this. Uh, I don't remember. Have either of you guys played through Life is Strange? Nope. Um... So I started episode one when it originally came out on PC, uh, like beginning of 2014, 2015, okay. um, and then never really got into it, um, and then just now they announced that uh, episode one is free on all platforms, so I went ahead and downloaded that on PS4. Awesome. Um, 
So I've played a little bit of it, like you know, probably like half of episode one. I kind of like get the premise and get what get what it's going for. Uh, the cool thing with this uh, game is, so a lot of people have issues when video games turn into movies or TV shows because it's like, yeah. why have that if you have the game? Life is Strange, I think, is probably the perfect candidate for this. Um, the game is yeah. episodic, obviously. But it's a new IP, so unlike a Game of Thrones or a Walking Dead or something, it has no ties to literally anything else. Um, yeah. And the game plays so much like a TV show. Uh, people had concerns as far as the decision making in the game. It's not drastic enough to not get a like a straight line story out of it, if that makes sense. Like your stories yeah. don't make as much of a difference, except for the very end, which I'm intrigued to see how they're going to do that because the ending is probably the biggest decision of the whole game, which kind of makes sense. Um, but this game definitely leans towards the um, the very teenager, adult, uh, young adult oriented uh, drama television show like uh, like Degrassi or even uh, Vampire Diaries. I think is the one that a lot of people like. Um, Jesus, I sound Christ. like an old guy talking about the the kids these days. What are they watching? But uh, yeah, I think <laughs> the it, Vampire Diaries is what the kids are into. Yeah, yeah it plays very well. I'm excited to see if uh, some of the main characters are actually voiced by kids around the same age. Or people who are maybe a little bit older but read as a younger actor, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm yeah. interested to see if those people get cast as the characters themselves or if they have cameos. Um, I know the girl who played the main <laughs> character as a voice actress and an actual actress and a singer, I think, too. Um, so that would be really cool to see if she gets a spot on there, uh, maybe even like an Easter egg on the show. Uh, yeah. That reminds me, did you guys finish Stranger Things? Yeah. Yes. Thumbs yes, up? we did. Yeah, I loved it. Oh people yeah. People are trying to Two thumbs. Seems like some people are, are some people on the internet are trying to be those guys that are like, I don't get the point. This is not entertaining. Contrarians. You, yeah, that show is just a good time. Is it Game of Thrones? Dude, is yeah. it like some top tier like Breaking Bad or something though? I didn't really like Breaking Bad. Uh no, it's not something crazy, but it is a quality product. I enjoyed it, you know. It's some really solid sci-fi, yeah, too. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see where it goes because that ending... We'll probably do a review discussion on Stranger Things now that I think about it, so we'll get deep into the spoilers and stuff like that, but I definitely like where it's headed. Also, uh, this is for you, Dom, because Jordan hasn't played it yet. That girl, when she grows up, Dom, needs to play Jack in the Mass Effect movie. 100%. Do you remember who Jack is? Yeah. She, I, <laughs> she needs to. <laughs> you could take... 50% of girls and shave their heads and they... No, but I like the, I like the way she acts, though. It's not just because she has a shaved head. Like, I like her character. She plays that, like, the tormented, like, subject really well, you know? It's hard to get kids that are act- good actors like that, too. Yeah, I was very impressed with the children. I yeah, had. I hated those two uh, bullies, too. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, I'm gonna save that. <laughs> I, I almost went on a diatribe about those characters, yeah. but I'll save that. I want to go back to Life is Strange, though. Um... I feel like this is obviously going to get compared a lot to the Quantum Break series, yeah. TV series, which is fine. Um, obviously, this is a little bit different situation, but um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the decisions and the things that you do in Quantum Break. Those actually affect the TV show in a minor way, but it is still connected, and the show itself is like intimately connected with the video game. It'll be interesting to see if. This is, like, you know, totally separate. If it's um, 
connected to the game at all, if it's a tie-in or, or what they choose to do. So, without spoiling Life is Strange, this could very easily be a prequel to the game as well, which nobody's really talking about either. There's a lot of story yeah. before this game happens that you could definitely delve into. Um, mm. So, I'm interested to see, because it says that a Life is Strange TV show hasn't stated if it's taking place during the game, before the game, after the game. You don't know. So, I'm interested yeah. to see where they take it. There's a lot of avenues they can take. Um and hopefully this gets a really good budget because some of the stuff they need to accomplish based on the game, as far as, like, the whole game is based on rewinding time. So hopefully they have a... Yeah, it's got some sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. so hopefully they have a really good budget for it, and I can't wait to see the casting that comes out. We're still far away, but excited nonetheless. Um, yeah. So we're getting to the Nintendo news here before we hop into the topics. Uh, this story comes by way of Brian Ashcraft over at Kotaku. Uh, Nintendo losing more money than expected. Uh, you guys probably heard the story throughout the week. Uh, for the most recent quarter ending in June, Nintendo showed a 5.1 billion yen loss. According to routers, uh, an analyst were predicting a 4 billion yen loss, but don't worry, there's hope. Nintendo's Isn't that only like 40 bucks though, Jerry? <laughs> only 40 bucks, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo showed a group net loss of 24.53 billion yen, which accounts for relative to 20, uh, $232.1 million, which is quite a lot. Um, and this comes as investors were confused over how Pokemon Go will benefit Nintendo. Obviously, their stocks took a plummet because people realized, yeah, Nintendo doesn't really have a, a hand in this at all, really. Um, yep. Nintendo, who has uh, 70% of its business outside of Japan, blamed the larger-than-expected loss on the strong yen. Uh, sluggish hardware sales didn't help either, obviously. Uh, during the same period last year, however, Nintendo netted a 1.15 billion yen profit. Uh, for the rest of the financial year, Nintendo forecasts its operating profit to climb 37%. More optimistically, Pokemon Go has shown huge potential for other Nintendo smart apps, and there's also the NX around the corner. Um, I think they'll definitely see an increase uh, in revenue as far as uh, you have Sun and Moon coming out, obviously. When they announce the NX, if they put up pre-orders, that's going to spike. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah I, I'm not really concerned about this. This isn't surprising, right, to anybody, and either of you guys? Is this surprising that they lost so much money? No. No, I think you did make a surprising point to me. You said that uh, um, 70% of their business is outside of Japan, and that's you know uh, something that can be said for Sony, too. I mean, not exactly that same percentage, but like Sony unveiled the uh, PlayStation 4 in New York and then launched it in America way before it ever came out in Japan. And so um, I'm just starting to see like these companies... These Japanese video game companies are becoming more global and less attached to their home country. Is, yeah. Is interesting. It's kind of just a little nugget that I heard in, in that story. Also, I think it has to do with the market in Japan being so mobile-centric. And um, I don't know what the Vita sales are like. Uh, I don't. Are you familiar with that, Jordan? Did the Vita do well in Japan? Well, it's only sold like 13 million total, so it's not like Japan's really helping it out all that much. But they definitely... It's definitely a thing there, and, you know... There's definitely, like, more Vita games that come out there. There's a lot more JRPGs and stuff that just never get uh, brought over here because no one would really buy Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, it's 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 not surprising. Obviously, Nintendo, I think, knew this going forward, that they were going to basically take some hits um, before they get to the, the, the quote-unquote good stuff, apparently. Uh, speaking of that good stuff, uh, this is a story that broke a couple of days after last week's recording. Unfortunately, we missed it by a little bit, but Eurogamer... Uh, basically reported on Nintendo NX, and it is a portable console with detachable controllers. Now, all of this isn't super confirmed, but for all intents and uh, intents and purposes, uh, there's a lot of like uh, cooperating source sources on this. So people are taking this for a fact for the most part. Um, still isn't uh, verified by any means, 
But uh, Tom Phillips writes over at Eurogamer, Nintendo's upcoming NX will be a portable handheld console with detachable controllers. A number of sources have confirmed to Eurogamer. Uh, on the move, NX will function as a high-powered handheld console with its own display. So far, so normal. But here's the twist. We've heard the screen is bookended by two controller sections on either side, uh, which can be attached or detached as required. Then when you get home, the system can connect to your TV for gaming on the big screen. A base unit or dock station is used to connect the brain of the NX with the controller uh, to display on your TV. Um, let me get through here. Okay, for uh, more on the console's power, Digital Foundry has a deep dive look at the chip Nintendo has supposedly chosen as the centerpiece of the NX. According to numerous uh, well-placed sources, NVIDIA's powerful Tegra mobile processor, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Dom, there's rumors of the second version, right? It could possibly be in the, in, in the NX? Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the, that's the most powerful uh, mobile chip that NVIDIA does right now, but they do have one releasing in the next few months, I I don't know exactly when. Um, Wouldn't it be the most powerful mobile chip, period? Yeah. The Tegra 2, right, would be? Yeah, and that's that's my big thing, is that if this is, you know, everything that uh, they're saying over at Eurogamer, I really think that they're doing it right. If they are making this handheld that turns into a console when you get home and you can pull a controller out of it, then it sounds like this is the chipset that they need, and this is what they need. Yeah. To do. Also, so, if the gimmick, if the gimmick for this Nintendo console is that you can sometimes plug it in your TV, that's a gimmick I can live with. You know. So here. Yeah. No, you guys are you guys are absolutely right. But like, let me like lay out the value proposition of this thing, and why I think it's going to cost three hundred fifty dollars because it'll be worth it because it is. I'm picturing it, it's hard. The hardest part is to picture it with detachable controllers. Like it sounds crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure once I see it, I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, like that makes sense. Well, they sense. do it for cell phones, so it's not too outlandish. I can kind of picture in my mind right. a little bit, yeah. So uh, that part's a little hazy, but so the, the value proposition being, imagine like having a 3DS that's maybe a little bit bigger, way higher res screen, can play literally like Wii U quality games, because that's about as powerful as this chip is, <laughs> which is astounding for a mobile chip, right? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's great as a mobile chip, yeah. Right. So near current gen experiences on your mobile it, device. But it's going to have to be even better than that because remember they were saying that uh, uh, Zelda's going to look better on NX than it would on Wii U, which means that... It could possibly be the know. Tegra 2. That's what people are speculating. Right. Yeah, yeah I it's going to have to be a step above Wii U for the, it to have improved visuals. And so on top of having that powerful mobile device, you can also come home, pop it into a quick dock, and then play everything on the big screen. The only thing that would upset me and kind of ruin this for me is if there was extra processing power in that dock or something like that where the experience was a little bit different on your TV. Um, I don't know. That may be awesome, dude, because you're not going to be able to pack... There's no way you're going to be able to pack like a full PS4 sized punch into a Also, that device, actually right? that actually benefits Maybe both experiences, that. too. Right, exactly. Maybe you want that extra punch when you get home. Because think about it. You could have it maybe where, yeah, it's just the Tegra chip that it's processing off of and whether you're mobile or at home, it looks the same. Or you could have it looking great on mobile, because we know the Tegra can do that kind of stuff, and then it looks amazing on your big so, screen, because it's actually full 1080 yeah, or whatever. I would just prefer a, like it, it to be more unified in, across both systems. Now, if the only thing that was sacrificed from one to the other was resolution, then that's fine. Yeah. yeah. And that makes total if sense. If the frame but... rate sucks on mobile when you're out in the go, then yeah, fuck that. Yeah, for right. Sure. I think that I, I hope Jordan, you're kind of right with that, just for the simple fact that it'll give me a reason to plug it into my TV. Because if it's just as yeah. powerful mobily as it is, uh, like plugging into my TV, 
I honestly would much rather just... I like mobile devices. They're great to play on, man. And if you're telling me I can get a console-esque experience on a handheld, I'm I'm in. A hundred percent. See, I'm usually the opposite, so it'll work both uh, both ways for both of us, I guess, yeah. where um, I'd like to have that mobile experience, but I would love to come home and, and bump it up to higher settings on the TV. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to finish this article uh, before we head into the topics and stuff. Uh, it basically talks about how... Uh, uh, Nintendo has not made any official announcements regarding the NX, which is due to launch in March 2017. Um, but there are several third parties who have announced their plans for the system, which you can read about in a different article. Um, we had uh, Eve Gilmore on a, on a story last week talking about how he actually likes what it's going to do for the industry. And uh, we also had Take-Two CEO, which I don't remember his name. Sorry about that. He was talking about how the NX, it, he's excited for it. So... There, right there, there's two two big third party people that are saying that they're excited for this, and that's one of the biggest issues that Nintendo needed to fix. And if it is fixed, that's gonna be great. Yeah, we want this mobile that has a console experience, and you can also play into your TV and stuff like that. But the games are very important. We all know Nintendo makes good games, but it needs third party support to help move units. So, so the, sure. the other part that's going to play into that, and this is what I was telling you guys earlier, is that this, if this is true, then this pretty much which extinguishes any chance of there being another 3DS or any yep. any separate mobile device, right? Yep. So all those dev teams that previously worked on 3DS games are now free to work on games for just this console. So they'll have a lot more dev power just you know, behind Nintendo without third parties, hopefully, than they did on Wii U. Because you're right, the biggest problem they've been having is portfolio management. They just don't have the, the, the quantity of content. So yeah, That would be a flipping dream for me, dude, because... Honestly, these last few years, the best and brightest of Nintendo's first-party studios have been working on 3DS yeah, games. exactly. They're not even making Wii U games, so it's like you're not seeing the full potential of their best studios. Right. Also, another fun fact, uh, and this is the good thing about their libraries merging, is that uh, Smash uh, actually sold more on the 3DS than it did on the Wii U, which isn't surprising. There's more 3DSs out there. Yeah, like five times right. Yeah, um, But it's still, for a, when you think about Smash, you don't think about a mobile experience. You don't. Right. You think about a console experience, and it's crazy that it's sold right. that well. And I think the best, uh, going to your point of managing a library, the best way to manage your library is to take your two separate libraries and mush them into one, you know, and let, <laughs> yeah. let, let everything rise to the top that's the best. And I think that's that's the, the best thing for them because they know they, they really can't compete fully in the console market as just a console, and they know they do mobile well. So I think they, they're, they're yeah. hitting on their strengths, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. any, any closing thoughts on this whole Nintendo annexing before we move into the topics, guys? Anything else you guys want to throw out there? So according to this same report, it, we're supposed to hear more about this officially in September is when. Uh, yes, September. Rumored uh, to be uh, unveiling. Yeah, so. Over around Tokyo Game Shows when it's rumored that week or a week after or a week before, but apparently sometime in September. So, so for me, I would say uh, just my own feelings personally, this seems like the most substantial information that we've gotten since they announced yes. it uh, last year, and we've just been getting leak after leak after leak, um, or you know, patent after patent, and this really seems like the most substantial info, and not only that, uh, if this is the correct info and this is really what it is, this seems like this is the most exciting info that 100%. I've percent and the most exciting pictures that I've seen. Um, everything up until now had me really shaky. But this seems like this is the striking the balance between on the go and at home. Yeah. Um, so the thing I was thinking about with the detachable controllers, real quick, is I was I, some of us were thinking, especially me, I was worried that you would detach these things from the mobile part, and then you kind of have like a Wii setup of like the nunchuck and the other thing, right? Um, 
But maybe it's that you just detach those so that way it does fit into the dock, and then it has ports for a pro controller or stuff like that, you know? Maybe you don't even use the parts you detach well, as the controller. That's what I was thinking. Or you detach them from your mobile thing, put the mobile thing in the dock, and then put the controller back together to make one See, single thing. See, this is thing. just so bizarre. Like, yeah. I can't picture it. I can't even begin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I really want Nintendo to strike while the iron's hot, though. This this is a lucky leak for them. A lot of the leaks were weird, and people were getting um, skeptical about it, even us. But this news, this news that we've heard about, is actually getting people excited, and I think they need to strike when the iron's hot, man, because like, it's all about controlling your message, I which we've talked about a hundred million times. Right. Uh, I think that they've missed that boat, and I think unveiling it so early without any information for them to say officially was a big mistake. Yep. So. Hopefully they can they can yep. recover. Uh, so summer is a slow time for video games. There was a pretty good release though that people are super excited for this week. Hyper Light Drifter, Jordan, take us away. Hyper Light Drifter. Um, yeah, so this came out um, March thirty first on PC and uh, just made its way to PS four. It is on its way to Vita and hopefully it'll be cross by since I've already got the also PS4 on Xbox One for you people out there that have an Xbox. Yes, did it come out on Xbox yeah. One this week? Okay, yeah, so it, it came out on consoles this week and then uh, handhelds later on, hopefully. Um, or they've, confir- they've confirmed Vita, so Vita definitely. But anyways, um, I just finished writing my review for this game, uh, which will go up on the site. Also, I mentioned on the last week's podcast that I was going to have Gravity Rush and Bastion reviews. Those will also be going up tonight or tomorrow. Um, and so... Um, obviously if you want like you know my complete and total thoughts then you can go to controlledinterest.com to read my review but I just kind of wanted to have a discussion about this I mean you guys haven't played it but um, have you both seen like gameplay yeah it's a game oh sorry go ahead Dom I didn't want to cut you off go ahead yeah no that's what I was going to ask is I don't even know what the premise of this is so if you want to give like a full rundown of what this even is well, Dom, you're the one that needs to know the most because this is a lot of people are saying this is a really good Zelda clone. Oh, also, it looks yeah. like. Uh, are you familiar with Titan Souls? Either of you, the PC game, where you basically you have an, yes, one arrow and you it. have to fight through bosses. It's basically like mini boss boss of the game. This definitely yeah. has that aesthetic, and I love Titan yeah. Souls aesthetic. So when I have extra cash, Hyperlight Drifter is definitely a game I'm getting. So I can't wait to hear yeah, what you have to I say would about put it. it. At, I would put it at the top of your list. I think it's. Um, it's twenty dollars. It is. It has its flaws. It's not incredible. Um, it's not amazing, um, but it's definitely worth twenty dollars. It's definitely worth the eight hours I spent with it. Um, beautiful aesthetic, like you said, Jared. It's got like a sixteen-bit top-down look. Um, it's very much like Zelda. You gonna got like some hack and slash action going on. Lots of Bloodborne and De- uh, Dark Souls influences. Like the the combat is very difficult. Um, the bosses are very fucking hard. Like, the last boss was just a fucking joke. It was so difficult. Um, and, uh, it is uh, more Bloodborne than Dark Souls, I say, because it's supposed to be, like, really fast-paced. You have a, a dash button, and you have, um, you can eventually chain your dashes together. Um, so, yeah, definitely for Dom, being a Zelda fan, I would highly recommend it. Jared, you already like that aesthetic, so I'd recommend it for you. Um, my biggest issue with this game is the fact that, like I said, it's not amazing, it's not incredible, but it's so darn close. Like, the aesthetic is incredible. Um, Disasterpiece, who did the music for Fez, also does the music here, another game with a similar aesthetic, and it's, the soundtrack is mind-blowingly good. 
Um, but there's just some issues that really hold it back from being, from reaching greatness or not greatness, but reaching, you know, being incredible, being one of my favorite games or even in my game of the year list for this year. So, um, that was my biggest problem is I'm sure you guys have played games like that before where it's like, holy shit, you guys are almost there, but you just didn't quite get that final touch. You know, it's missing a little bit of polish that really would have. Uh, pushed it into that next. Step. It's one of those oh. games where like a delay w- could have possibly made it great. Like, um, maybe maybe it was just the the developer didn't understand the issues that I'm yeah. having with it. You know, I don't know. So was it just a little clunky and janky still? Like, I, I mean, so I, I I was trying to think of how to describe my issues with this game. I want to just go ahead and read a little excerpt from my review here. To give you guys, you know, those are obviously thoughts that have already been put out on paper, so maybe they'll come a little bit uh, uh, more smoothly. Um, So this is obviously under the gameplay portion of my review. And it says, uh, Hyperlight Drifter prides itself on its fast-paced hack-and-slash gameplay. Yet this system is not without flaws. For example, when darting around enemies, you'll probably want to be able to dash and immediately slash the enemy you just slid up to but you'll be remiss to find after dying several times that there's a delay in between dashing and attacking. For a game which is seemingly all about fast-paced combat, I fail to see how this is beneficial to the player at all. Oppositely, you may want to hit a tough enemy a couple times and then immediately dash away to avoid his upcoming attack. However, you'll find that the game doesn't work that way and you'll have to wait a split second before you can get away. This easily allows your enemy to hit you and further disrupts the flow of the supposedly quick combat. So, um, basically, yeah, what I'm saying there is, like, you're trying to dash around enemies, you're trying to dash right up to somebody, like, for example, in Bloodborne, Dom, you can just, like, dash around, and you can dash yeah, straight up. right back. You can, be, you can be in the middle of your dash and start swinging, and you'll dash up to the enemy, hit him, and then he'll be knocked backwards, then you can dash right back out. And, yeah, if you want to uh, hit someone and then dash, then you can do that as well, where it's, like, it's there's no uh, stopping in between. There's no pausing. It's like all fluid. It's all bam, bam, bam. And then with this one, Hyperlight Drifter has a lot of moments where it's it's interrupting your flow in combat. So I had a revelation on this recently, actually thinking about uh, Dark Souls and like third person controls and that you know, that being that ability to like stop at a dime and cancel out actions and like that's what I, that makes right. for a much better game generally, um, yeah. when it's very precise and responsive. Versus games like Uncharted or Assassin's Creed, where it's kind of floaty right. and yeah. clunky. But, to me, exactly. those are actually more realistic. You know what I mean? It, it, and that may be better or worse for gameplay, but to me, that's a much more realistic representation of what a person in that situation would be moving like. I mean, in Dark Souls, you can literally be running sure. and then literally stop at a dime and turn around and be swinging your sword. Like, in an instant, where, but how realistic is Dark Souls exactly as a whole? I mean, you're fighting <laughs> yeah. like crazy. So it's yeah. so it's easy for them to do that, but in a game like Uncharted, they're going for realism, so it's harder to well, and that put that in, I guess. On, honestly, you may have just uh, reminded me of a topic I want to do upcoming, which is about uh, how realistic do we want our video games? You know, like there's certain things that are so realistic in a game that you're like, dude, this is boring. I could just do this in real life. We talk about like sim racers with Forza and um, and and Gran Turismo. Like, 
if I wanted to drive a car this damn slow, I'd just go out on the road and drive my own car. You know, it's like, you don't want your game to be so overly realistic that it becomes boring. Um, but going back to what you said about the preciseness, um, one thing that people talk about with Dark Souls and Bloodborne is the fact that when you screw up or you die, you feel like you know what happened, you feel like you know what you did wrong, and you know it was your fault. You're like, okay, it was my fault, I know what I did wrong, and I know how to fix it. In Hyperlight Drifter, half the time you're looking around like, what the hell even happened? Like, I'm doing the best I can, I'm doing everything perfect, and a lot of times in Hyperlight Drifter, if you're not exactly perfect on what you're trying to do, then you get penalized, and it's just really frustrating because it doesn't have that extra level of preciseness and polish that the Souls games do, where it's like, okay, these guys are master crafters of games. They know exactly how to make a game this precise. And for Heart Machine, this is their first game, so it's like, they're not, they're not uh, you know, badasses in that sense yet, and so they don't have that, that extra level of polish that it requires if you're going to pin your player down with such high I just It's funny, too, that the game's called Hyper Light Drifter, and it, you have pauses in between, uh, you know, button presses you have to do. Like, it's kind of right, right. kind of funny in, in a sense, but you figure for a game called Hyper Light Drifter, you want to be able to commit to actions and be able to do, uh, go through with them at the touch of a button, and to have those delays and stuff, it kind of feels out of place. It kind of feels weird. So I, right. I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Um... And, and honestly, like, um, I'll read another little piece of my review here. It's like, there's th- that, um, those delays that you're talking about that you just mentioned, Jared, or the pauses that interrupt your flow, it's like top to bottom. Like, there's five diff- there's like four or five different spots in the mechanics of combat where you're like, holy shit, they're doing it again. Holy crap, they're interrupting my flow again in another way mechanically. And it's like... Uh, yeah, it's like hy- it's called Hyperlight Drifter. It's all about you know the trailers show this f- fast-paced combat and um, just the amount of times that they interrupt your flow is kind so, of annoying. Um, I definitely want people to go read your review when it's up. Uh, to close up this topic, can you give us basically a rundown bullet points of like what you loved about this game? We already kind of know what you disliked about this game and. Um, you don't have to say what you gave the game, but maybe overall uh, what you would give the game, or you know. Sure. So um, that was the that was one of my things is I really like the combat, but I definitely don't love the combat. Um, it's really close, like I said, it's almost there. Um, but then, like I said, I was gonna read another little piece, but I'll just give you bullet points. Um, for one, when you're healing yourself, you stop completely for multiple okay. frames. So you're in the middle of battle, you're dying, you're like, holy shit, I gotta heal right now. You heal, and then you stop, and you get hit. Well, that that's that really is annoying. like Dark Souls, and I, I always like that uh, that kind of... That is, There's consequences yeah. for you trying to heal in the middle of a right. battle. Yeah. You can't just heal, you have to right. you know, strategically think it out when you're gonna do it. Yeah. Right. Then, um, you have a, a single dash at the beginning of the game, and then you uh, upgrade that to a chain dash to where you can chain multiple dashes together but it's really weird the rhythm of it it's uh in the review i called it a ramp up rhythm where you hit x it's like x x x x x x x x so it's not x x x x x it's x pause x x x x x so it's like this weird ramping up and you can get the hang of it eventually but then when you're in the middle of these really tough combat situations with all these 
like hardcore foes around you, it's tough to think of that rhythm while you're also trying to slash guys, heal yourself, move in between uh, different enemies. It's just, if it had just been, you know, hit the button multiple times to chain dashes together, then it would have been perfect. But they make you do this like whole ramp up system and it gets really convoluted. It's hard to, uh, <clears throat> hard to, hard to finesse in the middle of a battle. Um, so those are the things I didn't really love. Um, I did mention how much I love the aesthetic. Um, the game is fucking gorgeous, top to bottom. Um, I did, like I said, mention the uh, amazing music that Disasterpiece did. If you're a fan of Fez, you're going to love this one as well. Um, the combat, like I said, is solid, but it's not all the way there. And then the story and the world building is really interesting. It's all wordless. There's uh, no text, no uh, voice acting or anything. But... Uh, you're in this mysterious world. Your character has this disease um, where he's coughing up blood and shit like that. And um, you're getting these bits of story from the NPCs where they'll give you just pictures. And you have to like scroll through the pictures and kind of figure out the story for yourself in that sense. So um, it's a very mysterious story and you definitely don't get just uh you know you don't get the the narrative spoon fed to you but um it's interesting at least and it did keep my attention and make me want to um kind of find out more about this world so definitely some good definitely some bad with this game um i'll save the verdict for my review if you want to go uh read that online but um you know it's it's like i said the whole time i was thinking God damn it! I want I want to love this game. This game is so close to being incredible, but it just they fall a few steps too. So short. this game might be coming to Vita in the future, and it is it is confirmed. Speaking of that, let's talk about your your recent romance, Dom. How's it going? So uh, for a while now, I've been sitting at the uh, West Coast, the ocean in California, staring out, saying, "One day, one day, I'll make it to Vita Island." Now, now, I mean, I'm still not allowed permanent citizenship, but me and Jordan are working a plan to smuggle me in because, boom, we have a Vita. Um, it was about this time last year um, I picked up the new 3DS, so the, you know, the, the one with the little nub, nice. which is my, the first portable console I've bought in years. Um, feel, feels like... Everyone knows Dom loves a good nub. <laughs> yeah, right. Nubs um, for life. <laughs> so I... I, 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 I ugh. I love playing a lot of games on the 3DS. It just, it was nice to have something handheld and portable. Um, I can play a little bit in bed every night before I fall asleep, that kind of stuff. So I started to dwindle through most of the games I wanted to play on 3DS. And then, I don't know, it just kind of dawned on me one day, like, maybe I want a Vita. I don't know. So here I am. Come to the dark side, Anakin. Exactly. <laughs> so there's certainly... Uh, there's certainly issues with it. The catalog is not... I mean, it's what it is. There's a lot of great smaller games and indie games. Um, but as long as you know what it is going in, then I think you're going to love it because, like, as a piece of hardware, this thing is absolutely amazing. Like, when I pulled it out of the box, I was like, wow. Like, I was honestly, like, shocked at how nice it felt. Like, everything about it. I did go with the, the slim model, um, and it was brand new, which was nice, so... It is a little bit, um, little bit difficult to hold after a little bit, you know, my hands start to cramp up. Uh, hopefully I'll just get used to that. The 3DS wasn't great in that department either, but this one, this seems a, a, a tad worse so far. 
Um, so I might. Did you have a PSP dome? I did not know. So that was one thing for me is is that it is obviously this is the slim, but uh, I did feel like the PSP kind of contoured to my I hands love better. The PSP, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I eventually got used to the Vita, and I'm I'm down with it now. And if it if it doesn't if it continues to be a problem, I can always pick up uh, a set of those grips. Um, yeah, those are helpful. I have. Those. I, I really want one in particular for uh, the R2 buttons. There's one set that comes with. Yeah. A little, uh, it kind of tricks the system to think you're hitting the back touchpad, but you're actually pushing the trigger on that. So right. that will help with remote play, which was uh, another thing I tried, which works very well. Um, it is, they do scale down the resolution to like 540p or whatever the screen, Vita screen is. But because it's such a small yeah. screen, you don't really notice that. So you're still getting all right. the textures and everything looks exactly the same as it does on your PS4, just smaller right. um, and a little lower resolution. Um, tried it with uh, The Last of Us and uh, what's it called? Saints Row, which I grabbed for free on PSN. Um, and shooter games, it, it's just not going to work. Um, it was, yeah, exactly. And it could, but the way they map the controls is absolutely awful. Where to, to aim, like to zoom in, is left on the, like the left, top left portion of the back touchpad. And then to actually shoot, is the top right portion of the back touchpad. So you have to use like the most, right. and those are the two most important buttons. You would think that they would right. put those on the regular L and R triggers and then put grenade or whatever it is on the back, but they probably didn't you know, plan on, put a whole lot of time and effort into the Vita remote play mapping. Right. Um, but for games, uh, like Assassin's Creed works really well. Um, there's not, I haven't had as even when you do have to use the touch screen in the rear touchpad, it's for things that are easier, like the grappling hook. You just have to tap bottom left, left corner of the touch screen. It works really nicely. And combat and everything, like there's no real noticeable in, input lag or anything like that. It's very responsive, so it, it works really well. I was, I was really impressed. Although, I mean, it's still not the, like these games, you don't ideally want to play on a handheld, right? Like they're made for your big screen. That's where the sure. better experience is. So I'm gonna, I'll reserve this to uh, until an X, though. <laughs> that's true. So I'll reserve this yeah. for you know, games that are a little more accessible, given the features. So, like I'll do Wolf Among yeah. Us and all the Telltale games. It will work great across remote play. Um, and then probably South Park when that comes out will probably be a good one um, that I can. Turn-based exactly. stuff like is great. And yeah. action kind of ish stuff. I guess Assassin's Creed might be an exception, but. That works great. So, very impressed with how that worked. Um, and mostly, I mean, in general, really impressed with the system overall. Um, like I mentioned, I've been playing Shovel Knight and already had Velocity 2X for free. I played that for a little bit, which was a fun little, uh, just a little, you know, Galaga kind of esque game. It's hardcore action yeah, arcade, yeah. is what so it it's, is. It's fun. It's kind of like mindlessly. Something's on TV or something else is going on, I guess. So, overall, right. really like it. Looking forward to getting some new stuff on there, too. Uh, oh, Salt and Sanctuary. Cannot wait for that to come to Vita. Also, I think you should okay. get... Is Axiom Verge on Vita? It is. Yeah, that's a solid game, too. You should definitely try out. Yeah. Um, I think the cool thing with the Vita... Obviously, I don't own one. I own a 3DS. But, like, I think the handhelds are, are very well... Um, go alongside their console versions so yes. um, the 3ds the 3ds um reads as a toy 
I love the 3DS, but it definitely reads as a toy. Whereas the Vita and the PSP definitely read as pieces of hardware, like mini TVs, if you get what I'm going yeah. Like, They definitely look and feel, I think, like actual pieces of hardware, whereas the 3DS and uh, even like going back to like the Game Boy, they, they're very toyish to me, yep. which is there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it has to do with the aesthetic and I think just the build of them. Um, they're much but, more durable. Yeah. Nintendo's. Um, the thing is, my PS, my original, I had an original PSP. I had the big tank one, the, like the first version of it. That thing survived falls. I never broke the screen. Like that thing was a trooper. Um, I am kind of uh, jealous of the Vita. Like I would definitely like to own one. I don't. It's, it doesn't really seem viable for me to get one now, uh, especially with NX around the corner and Scorpio. Uh, doesn't really seem. Big boy. I, if I if I would have made the decision when I got my 3ds to get a Vita, I think that's when I would have made that decision. Right now, right. it seems kind of off for me. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear you're having a good time. You have a a pretty good catalog to run through on exactly. that thing. So, oh awesome. yeah, dude, I could give you just streams of recommendations. Uh, but what I want to know really is, what do you think about those bubbles, Dom? I think like they're they're good. They're fine. I like them. I like it much oh, better than. I can't stand them. They're so ugly. Yeah, they're not the prettiest thing, but they're more much more functional than the PS4 uh, UI. I like them. You can organize what? things in the folders, move them around the screen wherever you want. I think it's way better. They're just so ugly. Yeah, though. they're silly looking. <laughs> like I would rather, I would rather have the XMB back. Oh, I have a question. PSP. I have a question, uh, Dom. Are you going to be playing Persona Four Golden? That's on. Yeah, right? I think so. I think I have to, even though it's not really yeah. my genre, necessarily. It's one of the best videos. Yeah, games, I think sure. I have to. So that's, that's awesome. That's, I watched a bunch of like best Vita game lists before I bought mine, and almost yeah. every time Persona Four was at the top. So. I have, a, I have a question. What's the latency with trophies on, on the Vita? Latency? Yeah, like, so you know, obviously, like, PS4, the same thing with Xbox. When you unlock an achievement, it unlocks, right, and it pops up. Is there any, like, latency on the PS Vita, or does it do it automatically? Like between you, Okay, that's cool. That's awesome. And it syncs just as fast as PS4 would sync. That's, oh, that's awesome. That's the nicest awesome. thing about it, too, is having that unified account where I'm getting trophies for my same PSN yep. account on the Vita, too. It's nice. That's... Yes. That's the thing is, I wish there was a Xbox handheld. Not necessarily to compete, but just because it'd be cool to have a mobile experience where I still have that account tied and stuff. That'd be awesome. So I'm super jelly of PlayStation owners because you have a you have a console and a handheld that are unified. You know, yes, That's super cool. So Dom, don't forget from now on you have six. Yeah, six games for PS Plus to redeem every month online. Even if you don't have a PS3 right now, you should totally do you it. Redeem them if you don't have the console. The P- the PS, oh yeah, you just okay. go on the website. On I your, did not know that. I should start computer, doing that on your computer or on, or on your phone. Yeah, and yeah, same with games with gold. I do that at the beginning of every month. I get all my 360, Xbox One, PS4, three, and Vita, and uh, yeah. So once I had my Vita, I had like fucking twenty games ready to go. I need to do that for PlayStation as well, just because in the future, if I ever own like the Neo or whatever comes next. Garrett, I hope that the next PlayStation console will be backwards compatible after the Neo. So that'd be cool if, when I'm able to get it. I actually already have a bunch of games, you know? Well, that'd but be you'd super have to cool. be paying for PS Plus while you don't have a PlayStation. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't think that about would, that. That Never would mind. suck. Yeah, to yeah, you're true. just like, I mean, you are getting free games, but as we talked about I completely forgot show, about that. <laughs> as we talked about off-air, I don't think that uh, Xbox Live or PSN is worth the subscription fee just for the games right now. Cause Especially not. as of late top tier yeah yeah so um so any any closing thoughts on your on your vita on your week with vita don before we head on to not really i mean i just i like this thing a lot i'm 
I'm glad I got it at this point. It's very nice. That's awesome. Good. It's always good when you're satisfied with the purchase, right? I hate buyer's remorse. <laughs> have you noticed this? Yeah. Have you have you noticed the speakers, Dom? Because I was very pleasantly surprised with the, you know, there's stereo speakers, um, one on each side, and they sound really, really good. You can get it up pretty high if you want to. Yeah, higher they're volume. nice. I don't know. Definitely if you nicer those. than the 3ds, but I've been using headphones mostly. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. 3ds is like, that's where the toy part yeah. comes in. Is like that little speaker tin can speaker game show time my topic is going to be a game uh, i always like to do these uh we did a video game quiz with uh the other jordan uh jiggy and come uh, on down so this is a video game this or that essentially i'm going to give you guys two options and you tell me uh it doesn't need to be you don't doesn't need elaborate uh you can give a like a sentence explanation if you want to but i want to know what's more likely to happen or what's the better of the two you kind of get the gist it's this or that you pick this or that okay so um, jared during this game i know you're not on video so we won't be able to cor- corroborate this but i want you to pretend like you're holding one of those tiny little microphones like okay they would do on prices right and i'm Make gonna sure know get- if you're not doing it <laughs> Okay, get your get your your uh, your pet spayed or neutered. Um, so we're gonna <laughs> run down the list Barker. here before we close out the show. Uh, more likely to happen: uh, NX launch title, a 3D Mario or a Mario Pals game. And what I mean by Mario Pals is like a Mario Tennis or Mario Golf or a Mario Sonic Olympic. I think you know. it's time yep. for the 3D yep, Mario, bro. It's time for the the Galaxy sequel or whatever we're getting. Okay. Uh, more likely Scorpio launch title, uh, Crackdown 3, or Tomb Raider. Now, before you guys answer, remember that uh, the first Tomb Raider came out in 2013, the second Tomb Raider came out in 2015, and next year's 2017 with the Scorpio launch. So that's why I have it up there. Um, so Crackdown 3 or the new Tomb Raider, which is more likely a Scorpio launch title? So, f- Oh, wow, that's bold. So for me, it's absolutely Crackdown. They've already screwed up Crackdown so much that it won't be coming out this year, so it would be great to just do it on Scorpio. Plus, with all the cloud computing that they were talking about with the multiplayer and being able to destroy every single building down to the last pebble, I think that'll work great with Scorpio. And, yes, uh, we have these two-year intervals for Tomb Raider, but even though it's Xbox, we're getting Rise of the Tomb Raider last year and this year again on PS4, so I don't think you want to have three years in a row where Tomb Raider is coming out, and I think they don't want to saturate the market in that way. Yep. Uh, good counter-argument. Uh, next up, uh, this will be which will score higher in reviews upon release? Zelda Breath of the Wild or Horizon Zero Dawn? Shit. Oh. So this isn't whether or not That's one of these tough. games will be bad, but which one do you think that will score higher with reviewers? Tough. I don't even know. I can't even... Okay, I know what it is. I know what it is. So I've been talking shit about Zelda since E3 saying that it looks like a PS3 game, essentially. Like, all the new mechanics that they're introducing, people are like, oh, look, you can do this in Zelda now. You can do this in Zelda. And that's shit that's been in, you know, Skyrim and Fallout and all other RPGs for five-plus years now. Um, So I think even though everyone was just, you know totally sucking Nintendo's dong at E3 because of how much they thought Zelda was so cool and just feeding off of that nostalgia. I think once the game actually comes out, people are going to realize okay, this is pretty fucking antiquated and it's not nearly as good as we thought it would be. We were just really hyped on it because we didn't we hadn't had it for so long we hadn't had a mainline Zelda, we were so excited. 
And I think that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be an actual amazing quality video game that people are going to give nine, nine five. Maybe I'm going to take the reverse too. approach. I think, uh, given the changes that they've shown for Zelda, then this is this is the time. Like this is the game. This is their chance. And I think it's, they're just going to knock it out of the park. And people are going to love this game. You know, aside of course from like Giant Bomb, who will appropriately shit on it like everything else. But um, I think <laughs> I think it will do slightly better average than uh, Horizon, which I think Horizon will be a great game, like a really great game. Um, but remember that this is Gorilla's first non-FPS game, at least in the, recent, in the recent past. So it's the first time they've had to deal with a giant open world and interconnecting RPG systems and things like that. So I think we're gonna see some te- technical issues with it, you know, nothing serious, but like, yeah, sometimes this is sort of buggy and this doesn't work quite right, and this is a little janky looking. I think we'll see some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, overall, it's going to be a great game, but that might hold it back slightly. Um, also, think about how well the mainline Zelda's review they, usually. Like, they usually exactly. don't do bad, you know? A- so. Anytime you get something we'll so see. few and far in between as a Zelda game, every five years, even, even if it's not the greatest, I mean, you've been waiting for a long time, and you're ready. Um, so... Right. Also, it's a lot safer to be a contrarian for a new IP as opposed exactly. to Zelda. You'll get a lot less hate that way. So the chances of Horizon say, having lower reviews. Off of your point, Dom, with the jankiness, I will say I've been extremely impressed so far with what they've shown as far as the polish that it has. And then even with the behind-closed-doors demos, the guys that have come back and, and spoken about it, they seem to really uh, embellish the fact that there is a lot of polish to it. So... Um, not that you're wrong, because you're totally right. They This is their first time doing that, and it could be janky, but from what I've seen so far, I think they're on the right track as far as policy. Also, we're talking apples and oranges. This is like a 919 situation. I think both these games yeah. are going to review yeah. very well from the yeah. looks of it. So. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, so this is uh, either or. Um, not so much more likely to happen. I guess some of these are. Uh, better controller, and like I said, let's keep this really short. N64 or GameCube? Oh god, GameCube. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, GameCube. Um, Which will release first, Cuphead or Below? Below. Jesus, I've been thinking about both of these games playing through uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter has got me very excited for Below, and I think Below is coming out first because it it needs to. Like it, it should have been out a while ago. Also, all the changes they need to make to Cuphead. So yeah, yeah, they're. Doing a whole other part of that. Um, Dom, what's your answer? Blow. Cuphead or Blow? Okay. Uh, more likely to cameo in the next game, in uh, the, in, in this game. Uh, Baird in Gears 4 or Banjo or Kazooie in Ukulele? Baird. Um, as long as he's still alive, I don't think he died. No, he's still Wait. alive. He's still alive. Who died in Gears 3? Spoilers uh, for Gears rookie. 3. Dom. Dom died. Doesn't Dom like Carmine died. always die? Well, the rookie, no. Car- the, this is the no. This is the first game okay. Carmine didn't die. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Baird's alive. So he's alive. I would say definitely Baird because you know there's licensing issues with ukulele. Yep. Uh, which will have the longer campaign total? Battlefield One or Infinite, Infinite Warfare? Warfare? Battlefield One will be a five-hour max campaign. Infinite Warfare will be close to ten. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with the underdog on this one. People have been talking shit about Battlefield campaigns for so long, and the way they're talking about it is like we're really going into some of these deeper stories that you didn't hear in the history books. So I think they are going to have a good story focus, and they might actually get this one right. This might be DICE's first great 
first person. I hope so. That could be what draws okay. me in. Otherwise, if it goes, if it's anything like the previous Battlefield games, okay. We have three more. Uh, NX price point is going to be lower or higher than three hundred dollars. Two ninety nine counts as lower, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to say two ninety nine. Sticking with three fifty. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting question, um, and this kind of—I was thinking of uh, of uh, Dead Rising One's achievements and how some of them were kind of frustrating, and some of them are just cool, like kill the population of the town, right? Um, yeah. Which game will have an easier platinum uh, or a thousand gamer score in uh, Xbox? Days Gone or Resident Evil Seven? Days Gone. Easier platinum. Uh, I'm gonna say Resident Evil because you don't have to go through the open world and yeah. I think there's gonna be some like weird motorcycle travel uh, trophy for or achievement for Days Gone or I guess it's not achievement because it's a PS exclusive. But you know what I mean. Um, Let's try to remember that when it comes out. Okay. I I, I keep all of these. I even have the first video game quiz we did written down. I have all of it there. Um, Okay. The last one. Uh, th- so Marvel has a new commitment to video games. They came out and said that they're actually looking for partners to create very solid video games, right? That's totally yes. what happened with Spider-Man, kind of. I guess obviously it's Sony, but I don't think yeah, Sony so has the right telltale to... deal. Yeah. So what's the more likely Marvel game in development right now? Uh, an action adventure Marvel game or an open world RPG? Action adventure. This doesn't count Spider-Man because I, I kind of you know. So this is a game we don't know about. Well, the thing is, though, like, Spider-Man's a great example. To me, I'm thinking that's going to be an open-world action RPG. Yeah. So it's kind of like a hybrid of what you're asking. Yeah. So, like, an action-adventure game, you're talking like about... Like an Arkham Knight. Like, Tomb Raider. R- Ratchet & Clank or something like that. And open-world RPG, you're talking about, like, Horizon or Days Gone, right? Or, like, Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... You don't think it'll be kind of, like, infamous? Or, you know... It's a fast, fluid right. action movement, you know, quick attacks and crazy, you can jump crazy high and that kind of stuff. But then you also do have some leveling up to do and some different choices here yeah. and there. Well, this is, it's probably a combination of these, but just for the sake of the, the game, which one do you think would be more likely? A, a solid yeah. action adventure game or an open world? I'd say pure, pure action so adventure. I think, okay. Uh, you, so... Uh, Spider-Man, in my opinion, is going to be, or in my thoughts, is going to be an open-world RPG, and you're not including that. So I'm going to say their next game after Spider-Man is going to be a linear action adventure. Okay, cool. And when this kind of st- when all this stuff, like some of the this or that stuff, we'll figure out uh, who was right and who was wrong. I thought it was a cool game to play. Um, we're going to be heading out now. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 22. We're going to get into where we're going to be playing, and then we're going to close out the show. Um, for me, I'm just going to figure out what I feel like playing. I haven't really felt like playing anything the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll pick up something and play something. I don't know what it is, but it'll be something. Let me encourage you, Jared. Recently, I've been playing what I want, watching what I want, reading what I want. If I'm in the middle of something over here, but I'm not really feeling it, but I really want to get to this thing, I'll just go and do that thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes I enjoy myself better that way. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll try that out. Um, I, I don't know if there's... Su- the Suicide Squad become, come out before our next recording? Um, I think it comes out next Thursday, so it might come out the day we record. So, so it'll probably yeah, we probably won't have seen it by the yeah. Time we so I definitely want to see that next week. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll figure out what I want to play. What about you guys? So I want to give a shout out. I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show. Uh, one thing that I watched this week was Batman the Killing oh, Joke. Oh, that's right. Um, and also reread the uh, hardcover uh, version of the book 
which has got some different coloring. That's why I mention it. But yeah, I reread the book and then watched the movie. Um, a lot of people are pissed off because Batgirl has this whole added prologue at the beginning. I thought it was totally cool and just added uh, to her character. Didn't affect the killing joke at all. That was totally separate. And I'm all for just more awesome, you know, DC animated uh, content. So I was I was glad to have that extra like 30 minutes. Plus, the comic's super short, so it makes sense. Um, but I, I really loved it. A lot of people are talking shit, but I really loved it. Saying it's a mess. I, uh, most people are saying it's a mess, but I don't think so. Um, anyways, uh, playing this week, um, for one, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child comes out, which is the eighth story in the Harry Potter world. Um, it's a play that they've been doing in Britain that they're going to release the script of, so it's not really a book, kind of different, but I'm still excited for it nonetheless. And then, um, Batman Telltale series comes out, I'll probably be playing that, um, episode one. Um, and then finishing up Dark Disciple, going to start Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And uh, playing-wise, uh, really need to get back into Witcher 3 because I'd never finished Blood and Wine. And i kind of been just spacing it out because I love it so much. And then uh, it's about time to wrap up Ratchet and Clank. So, yeah. Dom, what about you? Still haven't finished. Never mind. I know. It's messed up. I got distracted. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, for me, Shovel Knight. Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and that first episode of Batman. Telltale Batman. Awesome. Telltale Batman. Um, are you are you interested in Killing Joke, Tom? Uh, very, yes. I never read the comic. Um, and like I was saying before, it, I would have went and saw it, but it wasn't playing it either in my town. So. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. specialized theaters for two nights only. It was originally one night, but because of the popularity, it got a second night in some places. I'll probably read so. the comic, or... It is on. I'll probably uh, rent it off Amazon when it pops up. Also, it's on digital HD okay. now, so you're good to go. Also, a uh, quick recap: What night are you on again? Oh, um, I just beat night? Um, the, oh, the night. ice one. What's his polar night? Polar night. Okay. I just wanted to have context as to where you are. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening to episode uh, 22 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Uh, if you want to check out uh, Jordan's review of Hyper Light Drifter, it'll be going up this week, uh, possibly along with his other reviews. Um, for Bastion and what was the other one? Uh, Gravity Rush. Also, I wanted to mention, I'm just going to try to do this on every show. Uh, we are a video podcast now. Welcome to seeing our sweet little faces. Um, and also, we are at 20 YouTube subscribers. We're definitely trying to get to 50 um, that is our next goal. So help us out and share us with your friends. Yeah, like us, share us. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, retweet us when you tweet out the the videos. That really help. Um, like and review the podcast on on iTunes. That helps as well. Um, definitely check out the review going up this week. I posted a video talking about uh, about about a rumor of Donald Glover possibly being the Vulture in Spider Man Homecoming. And if that sounds confusing because Michael Keaton was already uh, confirmed as the Vulture, go watch the video. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, was he confirmed, or he just got cast, and then people were thinking he'd be the Vulture because of Birdman? Uh, it's confirmed. He's confirmed as playing the Vulture. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. One other thing, so, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Even if it's a yeah. one star, definitely do that still, and then you know give us your criticism, and maybe we'll address it. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't think we're a one-star podcast. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, any closing words, guys? Beyond... Vita Island, I'm coming. Gonna get in. (laughs) Catch you guys. (laughs) Catch you guys in episode Michael Jordan. Bye. Wow.